0: life's too short to settle for the same old things. Whether you're picking up a new hobby or checking out that hot new restaurant in town, movement keeps your look and lifestyle fresh with sleek, ultra-clean watches at a price that won't break your budget. With a wide range of fresh, modern designs and industry-leading materials, life never gets old with a movement on your wrist. Make your everyday sidekick for life's adventures a movement watch. Get 20% off at MVMT.com with code SLEEK. That's MVMT.com
2: hello and welcome back to the kingdom says podcast we are back for another episode i am here i am back i am your host one of your hosts garrett williams at garrett 720 on twitter and joining me my two co-hosts that's right two co-hosts first off we got all as always my boy kyle henning at k then 16 kyle how are you doing today I, I, I'm i good. Welcome back, sir. Nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. And then joining me for, I guess, the first time as an official co-host, uh, my boy Tom at Arrowhead. Tom, Tom Welty. Tom, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing really well. I just realized that uh, Kyle doesn't have an ampersand on his little tag down there, and it's bothering me now. So yeah, I, is, oh, I, I think yeah, it's did symbol.
2: I'm not sure if that's an ampersand, Tom. I don't know if
3: you're right. It's not. Yeah. The ampersand, ampersand,
2: ampersand is the answer, sign, that guy. Okay.
3: I was trying to... See, look at me. I was trying to be smart. <laughs> you're
2: trying, to, trying to get him. Yeah, it so, is true. Here, it doesn't have here, it. here, here, oh, here. here. Even though this, this won't, won't even be in a video. Oh, there it is. That does yeah, look pretty oh, it good. Right. It'll, It'll help me feel better. know. I just wanted to make sure that we had Synergy as
3: co-hosts. We have Synergy
2: now. We are all one and united. Finally together. All three of us. Yeah.
3: Yeah, at the not ampersand like, <laughs> at time I was I tried to flex and for <sighs> for my bicep.
2: That's yeah, I mean, dope. hey, you know, sometimes shooter or, shooter or shoot, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the yeah. You, 100% the, of you don't make yet. all right, <laughs> all right, Michael Scott quoted by Wayne Gretzky. Jesus yeah. Lord, where are we? So
0: guys? guys,
3: is it the record? Follow
0: for- us on our social <laughs> handles at all the terrible things we just tried to say <laughs> in funny different ways. It. I'm at Kaden sixteen. Garrett's at Garrett seven twenty, and Tom is at Arrowhead. Tom, as Garrett said in the intro. Yeah. So, let's talk about the Chiefs draft because it's seven freaking days away, and we've been talking about it nonstop. I feel like on Twitter for the last month. So why not? You know, talk about all kinds of fun stuff. It's been happening. The rumors, the good stuff, and um, I'm sure we're going to talk about players today. We didn't really do that much last time but yeah. I'm going to... We haven't done have too much feeling... draft talk so far. I mean,
2: you guys oh, had the well, episode that's last what time. We've done a couple... Yeah, that's what happens uh. when you miss kind of the whole month of April, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's sorry, sorry about that. to any of us. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. No, it was all of our faults, but hey, at least we're back for the, the home stretch, you know, the final straightaway where it really counts, where, you know, everything is just bullshit and nothing is <laughs> real. <laughs> Everybody has their high, high horses. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 So, who should we start with? Are we just going to start throwing out some prospects here that we like?
3: Yeah. Or that we don't like.
2: Okay, so I'll start off here uh, to recap from last episode, because I was not here, and I did listen, and I was a very big fan. Uh, the Joseph Asai pick in round one. I know you guys said no tradebacks or, or anything like that, so sticking with him at 31, but I'm really—I've I've been high on Joseph Asai for pretty much the whole— Draft process since I can remember, like back in January, I was like, "Oh yeah, I like this Joseph Psykid. and the way that Tom laid him out last last episode as like a uh, Sam linebacker, off-ball kind of linebacker with with uh, third-down rush potential, I'm I'm kind of liking that. I know it's kind of like uh, linebacker in the first round, and we have higher needs, but um, I like him as a prospect a lot and. If you know the board falls how it how it does at you know how it usually does in the draft where all the all the good receivers and tackles and everything like that are taken, I'd be fine with them. He has to be your edge rusher. He he can be your off ball linebacker on a
0: mm-hmm. down or two, but he has to be your edge rusher at some point if you're going to take him round one. Is my only you want to use him in that amoeba defense? Whatever, fine. He has to be a pass rusher for you at points.
3: Has to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where you get the, the value of – I mean, you get a three-down player, theoretically, when you – now, again, playing linebacker in Steve Spagnuolo's defense is complicated. Ask Willie Gay.
0: Um, well, he wouldn't know. He didn't see the field to find yeah, out.
3: Um, that's not true. He was there for, like, two plays before he destroyed his leg. But So unfortunate. Uh,
0: <laughs> so sad.
3: But, yeah, I think if you, if you give him a simplified role on early downs and then um, – you add in the fact that you could send him on a blitz at any given moment, and I, I might need to check my notes, but I think Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, so. Yeah. And I, so, and he occasionally. Yeah, in terms of his measurement, and stuff, I know he's a little a little smaller than what's desirable, but um, he's got good length and. and
0: um, he's and a free.
3: I'm pretty sure it was Zane uh, or not Zane uh, Lancerline and. uh, uh, Dane Brugler, who we were talking about it on the prospect of pros and, and they talked about his, his long arm and his, his, just the way he plays with power. Um And he, they said, you know, it's, it's a lot like Justin Houston, which is a strong comparison. My, one of the things that I, I was on early about with Osai was the level of effort that he shows like his, what you talked about a motor player. I know that's super cliche, but I'll say this. You go back and you watch the Oklahoma State game, and it seems like that was the turning point for Osai because he was – people were mocking him in the top 20 earlier in the year. He had that Oklahoma State game against Tevin Jenkins, and it was rough. I mean, Tevin Jenkins put Osai on the sidelines on a couple – like on one play and then another play had him, you know, beat really well. Um, but on third down, Osai got pressure and, and forced uh, – I don't know if it was an interception or an incompletion, but he definitely affected the play. So it's like you watch that. It's such a good battle between two prospects because – as much as Tevin Jenkins had some of those, like, highlight plays, like those really good, like, pancake blocks, Osai never, like, like it's really easy mentally like, to, you know, give in. Osai never stopped. I mean, it was 100%. Ever. So I said he has Tom Baha Lee levels of effort, and that was one of the things. That's probably my favorite thing about him as a prospect was when you talk about a high-motor guy, I don't think you're going to find somebody who's got more of a consistent, every down, like, snap-to-stop motor than Joseph Osai.
2: Yeah, I feel it, and I like his athleticism. I think the potential is there for him to be an elite edge rusher while also contributing mm-hmm. in the early downs as you know an off-ball linebacker. And, you know, just the versatility aspect of him is uh, really huge, and also obviously adding Chris Jones to the uh, the outside end rotation is uh, a huge factor there. So,
3: yeah, and you think about Brendan Daly and New England and. Um, yeah, maybe not a, a perfect comp because I think Osai is more athletic. But I think of like a like a Dante Hightower, who was kind of that same linebacker edge hybrid, and, and some of those players that have been in New England throughout the years. Um, that Osai could could fill a role similar to that for Kansas City.
0: So in your conversation about Osai, you mentioned a guy that I think is somebody we need to talk about as a prospect because of a similar reason on the other side of the football, his motor, his quant, he's mean, he's nasty. I've watched him several times, mostly because a, the big 12 is on all the time in my area on TV and B because when we first started watching film a couple months ago now, or whatever it's been, um, That was a tackle prospect that a lot of people weren't sure about because of the the style they play in in Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, in the Big Twelve. It's a lot of passing. He can play tackle. The question is, is he long enough? And typically for Andy's tackles, no. The answer to that question is no. Um, But Mitch was about thirty three and a quarter or something like that. 33-and-a-half-inch arms. He wasn't Andy's typical 34-and-a-quarter, I think, or whatever that number is now. So uh, I I know Garrett likes him, but I'm curious as to how far up or where you'd be willing to go to get him.
2: Yeah, for me, I think Tevin Jenkins is probably tackle number four. I think just, I don't know, that the level of play that he has like he's just such like a a mauler of a person and he's just like i don't know i feel like his he has the one of the higher floors of this of this draft class uh, of tackles coming out and he's just i don't know he's just a really big really dominant guy who i think listen uh andy heck is one of the greatest o-line coaches in the league and i'm you know i would bank on andy heck taking a prospect like tevin jenkins and you know play him at right tackle or play him at left tackle whoever i mean you know there's a video that came out today of uh lucas niang taking some pass sets at at left tackle <laughs> that was convenient uh, that yeah that kind of questionable but um you know either you know whatever you like him at if you if you I, I would personally try to move him to left tackle he did start six games at left tackle in his uh career at oklahoma state uh three his junior year and three his senior year or whatever um so i think he could be a left tackle i think i would trust andy heck to to make him a solid left tackle but also i mean you know you also have lucas niang who could you know you might put him at left tackle and put tevin at right tackle i mean i I just think between niang and tevin you have two very solid if you're going to look for you know starting two essential essentially starting two rookies
0: Tom is scratching his head because you're getting ready to say yes, but you're starting two rookies.
3: Actually, I, so you're, this can be my first hot take of the day. And I don't know if this falls under the Tom hates everybody category, but it might. Um, the more I like, okay, I actually really like Tevin Jenkins as a player. And I really like Let's his play style. I really like his aggression. I would disagree that he has a high floor at tackle. I think there's a, if you draft him and start him uh, day one, or even maybe even you know later on, and like I, I don't think he can play left tackle in the NFL. Now, don't tell him I said that because he's one of those guys who will put, who will shove me in a locker and you know put me there. Um, <laughs> I'm not even necessarily. I mean, the length is a concern, but I also see issues with um, his like just his. I don't want to say his foot speed, but his footwork in general. I feel like sometimes. He's gonna get he's gonna get ran around a lot in the NFL, um, especially at the left tackle side. I think his speed rushers are gonna get around him and get underneath his pads, and he's gonna struggle with that a little bit. So, um, I I really like the player. I think he might be better at guard, um, and I think he's his aggression and his play style is built for guard. Um, and I think you could play him at right tackle if you need to. Again, that's that's probably a plus. There's some some versatility. Um, in a pinch, you may be able to. You know, you could probably put him at left tackle, and he would he would be serviceable. But if you're talking about like getting the best five guys and putting them in the best position, I think you have to. I, I, I don't I don't want um, I don't want to see Tevin Jenkins going against guys like Miles Garrett or even Von Miller because um, as, as much as he would be up for the challenge, I just think athletically there's just too much of a gap there, and I think that there's going to be some things. Um, there, were some, there were some moments where his balance on tape looked, I don't want to say off, but it just looks like he got caught, you know, a couple times with, um, with strong hands, and it's, it's a whole other level in the NFL, and when you, I think when you put him against top-tier athletes, he's going to really struggle. I also don't know um, in terms of putting him out in space, how well that's gonna work. But it's and I know people use it as an example a lot for, for Andy Reid's offense, but let's not forget that Mitchell Schwartz wasn't, you know, a track athlete out there. Like, you know, Eric Fisher was was very athletic, but Mitchell Schwartz still, you know, they, you can scheme around that. You can get those things done um, you know, just by by how you draw draw plays. But I, I think if in a perfect world I'd take Tevin Jenkins and I'd play him at guard and let him be my guard, you know, my probably my Pro Bowl level Maybe some all pro level guards for the next 10 years, but I don't, I'm not sold on him as a tackle prospect. So that's, that's a little bit of a hot take because I know everybody loves him. I just, I don't know if he's got it, especially for left tackle. Uh, if you want to play Nyang at left tackle, that's probably a better idea than I think putting Jenkins out there.
0: Okay. Next name Dane Burglar has Alex Leatherwood mocked to the Chiefs.
2: Hmm. Do you want to take this one? Or, Tom? I'm
0: sorry, actually, I think he has Landon Dickerson mocked to the Chiefs. I I'm have seen mistake. Alex
2: Leatherwood mocked a ton,
0: but I have seen Leatherwood mocked to the Chiefs as well, and I'm curious about Leatherwood more. But I'm pretty sure Bruguier has one of those two mocked to us at 31. Pretty certain.
3: We can talk about Leatherwood first. You, we, the Dickerson rant might be. We'll hold on that for just a moment. Yeah. Um, I okay. So Alex Leatherwood. <clears throat> um. Very accomplished at um, Alabama. Alabama has a tendency to turn out these just, these offensive linemen who have gotten by just by being bigger than everybody else. <laughs> um, and and you know playing for Alabama, and it's like that whole offensive line was like twenty pounds heavier than everybody um, else.
0: I mean, they did pl- they do play in the SEC, which is supposed to be the talent rich, most crazy positions, and allegedly. He's he did play multiple positions there over his career. Mm-hmm. Started at m- multiple positions at
3: Yeah. So I think Leatherwood you look at his something else career,
0: versatility like, and, and and he's more size profile. I'm yeah, just I'm just does, throwing names out here. You he you does guys have can
3: size profile. I'll give you that. Um I I didn't like what I saw at the senior bowl. Uh the senior bowl really turned me off to Alex Leatherwood he just looked awkward and his, his frame is a little bit awkward. Like he's long, but he's, I don't want to say wiry Cause he's an offensive lineman, but the way he carries himself, it's just like you, you I don't see, I'd want him to bulk up a little bit and have a little bit more, um, almost like Mike Mayock used to say, like, you know, you'd have like those, those thicker body. I don't, he had a term, um, you know, but like a thicker body, um, guy who could move people
0: and, i mean and he's six foot six 312 pounds
3: yeah and again this is just the eye test so i'm not you know again could he shove me in a locker and, and keep me there sure but i just to me i think that he didn't have especially on his anchoring like it just looks like he and especially if you watch some of the reps again and the practice from the senior bowl against like quincy roche and some of these other guys um he just didn't have he didn't have, like, the, the grounding, like, the the anchoring that you want to see, especially on a left tackle. I think, like, if you took him in the second or maybe even early third, he's a good guy that you could develop because in terms of his technique and his hand placement and and even his, his footwork are, are pretty solid. But I, I worry about his, like, functional play strength, which probably sounds weird to say about an Alabama offensive lineman. But he's, you know, it's not um, – yeah, I – He's he's an interesting one because I like the raw like the raw build of him, but um, th- there are just some issues. I think when you really turn on the tape and, and watch a little bit closer to see how he really does, especially when he's when he starts a rep. Um, I- I'm not sure I saw him recover after kind of losing those initial reps, and that's really important. Um, you know that ability to redirect and, and anchor when somebody beats you off the line. So um, not to mm-hmm. Yeah, so he can be the first one, I guess, on the list of Tom Hates Everyone. Um, I would not I would not be thrilled about Alex Leatherwood at 31.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. You pretty much nailed every single point there. I will say uh, one thing, college awards don't mean anything in the NFL. Like they just really don't. Like he won the best interior offensive lineman award in, this last year. And it's like that doesn't really matter at all. It's the, My problem with Leatherwood is that he's, he's not a tackle. He's a guard. And... You know, you can try to throw him in the fire at tackle, but I think he's going to perform, you know, even worse than Tevin would. I would rather take a more bona fide guy who is a little bit more tackle than he is guard. He, obviously, he'd be a bigger, a, a taller guard, but he's just he's going to project to be a guard. That's the <sighs> only chance he has to really succeed in this league long term is to be a guard. And I don't know, we huh. just have too many guards. We don't need another guard, especially in the first round. All right, let's stay
0: at the same kind of position conversation. Sam Cosme.
2: Sam Cosme. I, I like Sam Cosme. I'm I'm a little bit not as high on, on him as I was. Um, he's he's really athletically like crazy. He's a crazy athlete. He like had a 10 RAS, I think um, he just he's really good. Uh, I think he's definitely closer to a, being a tackle. He's more of a tackle prototype than a, a guard prototype. Um, but he's just like he's just not as polished as you'd like a first round tackle to be. I guess you're taking him, you know at 31, so it wouldn't be that bad. Um, I think he has the potential to be uh, a really solid tackle for us long-term. I think he can play on the left side. But I think right side might be better for him either way. Um, but I don't know. I like him. I would definitely be fine with it just because, again, going back to the Andy Heck thing, I'm trusting Andy Heck to, to <laughs> fix some of those issues and, and straighten him out to be a day-one starter. But I think he's probably the last tackle that could even – potentially be a solid day one starter and not just get killed out there. I'd say, I'd probably say he's like tackle 5 or 6. Um so For Cosme?
0: Don't worry. I got a couple more names I'm going to throw out here in a minute. We'll yeah. see. So
3: we'll, we'll see. I'd put uh,
2: i put Cosme probably at 5 or 6. Ooh,
3: okay. All right. Well, I guess I have got Cosme I just moved him up to my tackle 3. Um okay. well, over to Arisaw. Uh I and this isn't just like, I don't have any bias towards Texas, for the record. Although there's been a couple prospects the last couple of years. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the, the Orange Uniform. Are you sure? Is it just, Jamal? You know, it might be Jamal. No, but I – okay, so you talked about the athletic profile, which um, which was good. Like, I, I pulled it up here. Yeah, he was a 9.99 uh, relative athletic score. Yeah. If you're not following um, math at Math Bomb on Twitter, you need to be. Um,
0: mm-hmm. That was even
3: surprising for me, especially, like, just some of his – His speed times, like I knew he was a good athlete. Um, His bench press was encouraging. Again, not always the the best sign of like functional strength. I know there's some guys who who like him less, but Samuel Cosme for me early on was like he stood out as a guy who um, just looked and and played played the part. If you're talking about a tackle at 31, I think Cosme might be best case scenario for Kansas City. honestly he in terms of athletic profile he reminds me a lot of eric fisher because i mean people forget that eric fisher was a pretty good athlete in terms of when he was as a prospect when he was coming out
0: big fish um, could move boys and girls yes. always always could that's and amazing. cosme
3: cosme can can move too and in the same way i think with cosme like there are times there are a lot of times where he'll have you kind of he'll, he'll look like like you're like nude, that's a franchise left tackle and then he just gets a wild hair and just, I mean, just like tries to do too much. And instead of just being consistent and playing that rep, he's trying to be Tevin Jenkins and put somebody in the dirt when, you know, he doesn't need to do that. Yeah. And, and he'll lose a rep or two here or there. Just like, I don't want to say being over aggressive because, in, you know, in the world of offensive line, like aggression is key. But where he does kind of overextend himself and he can get reachy and he can get, um, you know, one of the other things that they talked about is like oh I'm in this class. Cosme has this like in terms of um, I don't like the word I don't like the term grip strength, but the, like, the ability to latch onto a guy and drive, Cosme might be he, he, I've seen flashes of him of that from him that like that I haven't seen in other tackles in the class like when he gets when he gets on you squarely, he's taking you wherever he wants you to, to go.
0: Would you say he gets overconfident and not necessarily reachy or anything like that? He, he's so, he's, or or maybe overexcited and just gets to it too fast.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah. So it's just like, and I think some of it is is him being such a good athlete um, and just trying to overpower. So it's like that, that athleticism tries to, he tries to lean on that more than technique and his technique isn't, bad it's just inconsistent it's like maddening inconsistent you'll watch him you know like dude this guy is so awesome and then you're like wait a minute what was that (laughs) like um so again you talk about where andy head could could really um honestly it would i would even be okay with the chiefs moving up for samuel cosme because i think he's going to go probably in the mid-20s
2: yeah Uh, i've seen a lot of mocks having the jaguars take him or even like the saints or the bills i mean I, i think
3: yeah, I think NFL teams are gonna be higher on him than the, the media. So this yeah. makes
0: me so this makes me ask my next question, how many tackles do you each think are going in the first round of this draft? Because that's gonna be the real question here is where either because that's gonna determine where we're gonna to have to move up to to get a starting left tackle or starting tackle and what side you're putting him on.
2: Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with a safe call of six. Well, I don't know six. if that's a safe call. I mean, might be a little ambitious, call, oh. but I think I don't know, with just the the tackle class has kind of you know it was very overhyped at the beginning of being like a very like star-studded tackle class and very deep tackle class but like as kind of the process went on like a lot of the top prospects kind of started to drop out of like the main contention but I think it's just from like a media's perspective I, I don't think that the I think NFL teams are still very eager to get some tackles I think there's I think there's six quality guys that could probably go. Maybe even a trade, a team trading back into the first round to uh to, to get to, to get one at like 31 or 32. you know Okay, um, so I'm
0: gonna keep rattling off tackle names here in a minute. Tom, how many do you think?
3: I'm gonna go with four, uh, maybe five, depending on what you consider Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Slater will go, um, but I think he'll end up in the first round. I think Tevin Jenkins will be a first-round pick, and I think they'll announce him as tackle. I and then I think Cosme will go. I don't think Liam Eichenberg is going to be a first-round pick. Um, I don't think. I definitely think Jalen Mayfield. If somebody takes Jalen Mayfield in the first round, they're going to lose a job. <laughs> That's that can, back
2: to the Bears. The Bears are uh... yeah.
3: Um, well, they may
2: be that. losing their yeah. jobs yeah. anyway. There's, there's so, some pretty um, incompetent GMs out here, Tom. You got to remember.
3: Yeah. The, the the only other guy, and I, I personally, I'm not high on him, is um, like, I don't want to be high on him, but he's actually done everything he's supposed to do and, and he could, is, is Dylan Ray
2: Yeah. I feel uh, the same way. Guy.
3: Yeah. I, I don't want to like him, but the kid is doing everything asked of him. And he's like, so in a small, and, and in another way, I'm like rooting for him because I'm like, now I want you to succeed because you're proving, you're proving me wrong. Like my personal opinion of him early was like, eh, I think he's a little undersized. I don't think he's got good play strength. And now he's just, he's played and he's done it. He's had a really good off season um, leading into the draft. So I th- think he could sneak in at the very end. Um, and then there's always like, again, somebody could do something stupid like draft Spencer Brown at 31 um, because he's a really good athlete. Um
0: that's a name I was getting ready to mention, Tom. Tell me what you uh, don't like about Spencer Brown.
3: I actually like Spencer Brown. <laughs> wow.
0: I know you do, but where? Where do you like Spencer uh, Brown? Because clearly it's not 31. I,
3: I've thought about that a lot. I wouldn't lose sleep if they took Spencer Brown at 31. Okay, I wouldn't lose that much sleep if they took Spencer Brown at 31. I, say, I don't believe uh, you, but okay. <laughs> I would rather them trade back up in a second. I think Spencer Brown's going to be one of those guys that people lose their mind over. And... Again, you talk about like floors and ceilings. Um, you gotta you gotta have a plan for that kid. Some Uh,
0: GM's draft athletic profiles and that is it. And And that's why
2: that's why I I said six because I, I think back to like drafting the Texans drafting Tys Howard. Uh, you know, at the end of the first round a couple of days ago, like uh, or years ago, Isaiah Wilson, yeah, Isaiah Wilson, literally Wilson's another last guy. season. But the thing is, is like there are definitely teams who are gonna reach on just like the the measurables and all like mm-hmm. the the things like that alone. So I think a guy like Spencer Brown or like you said, Dylan Raddins. I think both two of those guys, like they could sneak in there just purely because yeah. of teams. Like, yeah, I want I want that kind of physical prospect. I want those you know all the traits that they that they have, and they're just banking on their coaching staff to. Mm-hmm to bank to pull him out of it, you know.
3: Yeah. Well so, I I was huge on Spencer Brown. Like going to the senior bowl, um, he was like the number one guy on my list of of people to watch. I wanted him to go in there and dominate and I bite. And then I would I would you would have heard nothing but draft Spencer Brown. I would have been more draft Spencer Brown than I would have been trade for Orlando Brown. that's uh, impressive because you have
0: been heavy on that train. Yes.
3: I like I love Spencer Brown's background. I love his profile. Um, wrestling background. If you, I mean, he's he's worked his tail off to become an offensive tackle. Wrestling, tackle small tackle.
0: school, yes. Big athletic profile. Yes. Screams Andy exactly. Reid, Brett Veach.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen. If you, again, a lot of these offensive tackles are, are wrestlers, anyways. But like that, that to me is a, a big plus if you have that in your background. Um, so he is athletically so freaky. Um, we talked last week about. Um, like his has been he pressing 500 pounds during COVID, like during the, the shutdowns, like setting that school record. Um, I love to see that that work work ethic from him. He got to the Senior Bowl and, man, it was sloppy. And he, he improved as the week went along. And, and I, I tweeted about this earlier this week. Like there's this weird narrative that Spencer Brown was like awesome at the Senior Bowl. He was okay. I mean, he, he played all his reps in the game at right tackle unless I missed something. Um, he didn't, you know, he didn't do terribly, but he didn't have anything where I went, oh man, like he's, he, there were some reps where again, it looked like he was getting, he was going to get beat around the outside or, um, I don't remember. It might've been Janarius Robinson. Somebody hit him with a counter move that just, he was not ready for. Um, you know, they started outside and and came in inside on him and he was just like holding the air. (laughs) Um, he looked like a kid who hadn't played football in, in 12 months. So and yeah. with him being in a small school
0: and them being on a different level and, bone and playing budgets and all that, he may not have played a whole lot of football in 12 yeah. months. Well, yeah.
3: and so that's that's the other issue is, like, that's a great excuse for a guy being rusty until so you see the other guys who showed up, like Quinn Miners and um, who were who are in similar situations.
0: There were some guys that really improved their draft stock at Senior Bowl. Yes, I will yes. not argue with you there. Uh, I just don't know that you dis- – I like Spencer Brown a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he fits, like I said, literally everything the Chiefs typically would do at a tackle mm-hmm. um, for about nine different reasons. Yes. I also think that if you're going to take Spencer Brown, you could do it in the second round comfortably and may be able to be doing it in the third. Uh, I, I he's don't not think, gonna he's going he to make it to in the, the second. End of the second. Round, yeah, he's I not going to
3: make it in the top round. Of- day two guy i would
0: i I would be okay with them drafting him at 31 personally because i think he's good enough to play one of the two tackle positions on your first day
3: i I think i I think you could start him in kansas city uh because you know um
2: because of the situation patrick
3: mahomes covers there's a bible verse that says you know love covers a, a multitude of sins and i'm like Patrick Mahomes also covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. You yeah, can be and- pretty bad and still do pretty well with, with Patrick Mahomes on your team. Um, I <laughs> That's mean That's true. That is factual. I mean, even though the Super Bowl result was not well. I mean, talk about I still think we'll look we'll back and we'll go, man. Two or three guys make a catch and effort. we have a totally yeah. different ball game. Yeah. What a crazy effort by Patrick Mahomes um, in terms of, of that game. So you could be pretty bad, and and so there's there's some room to grow, and that. So I'd be okay with Spencer Brown for that reason, but um, Spencer Brown versus Samuel Cosme, I think you have similar athletic profiles. Like I said, Cosme's testing surprised me, um, especially some of his power numbers. I think you go with the guy who's a little more polished and a little more um, a little more big league, and, and Cosme. But again, yeah. I like I do like Spencer Brown. I, I love, I especially love his size, like. If you look at the guy, um, you know, he looks like he could – I say this all the time, like, high issues standing up. That's my little – you know, he's got long arms. Um, and in his past stance, you see that. And he definitely uses them. He's good at locking guys out. But there's, there, I think there's more more development needed for him. You're probably looking at maybe year three before you're starting to talk talk about him being a top 15 tackle in the league.
2: Brady Christensen, Garrett. Ah, I'm out on Brady Christensen to be honest. I was pretty high on him uh, in the in the early parts of the draft, but th- the 31-inch arms are just kind of a killer for me. I mean, you just can't play tackle in the NFL like that. So you're gonna have to be a guard. I've seen a lot of people now projecting him as guard, and I I don't know. I just don't. We just don't need guards. And Brady Christensen, you're a great great player. You know, you're you're probably gonna have a great career, but I just don't want any more guards. I mean. I guess if it was, it was like the fourth round, maybe if he slipped that far. But it, even if it was like to, as high as the third round, I just don't. I don't see us using a, a top 100 pick on a guard. Yeah, Tom.
3: He's always been a guard for me. Um, I know he had some positive testing and has had. He's had a, another guy who's had a good off season in terms of you know getting ready for the draft and, and sounds like he's a good kid. Um, he has the benefit that he plays from. Uh, Played for BYU and Andy Reid loves BYU. Um, For me, if you turn on the tape against Houston and watch what Peyton Turner did to Brady Christensen on most of those reps, that was a pretty easy. I wasn't even watching Brady that game, Um, but I do remember going, man, Peyton is, you know, kind of taking this guy to school. Uh, Peyton Turner from Houston is the defensive end. Um, He's
0: a pretty good edge rusher who I would not be mad at in certain rounds, but.
3: Yes. So. Yeah, I I felt like that for me showed a lot of the issues of you know um, the short length and um, or the short arms and and really just for me it's always been kind of a play straight thing. Like I just felt like he got pushed back, he got pushed around a lot more than he should have. Um, So yeah, that's my. I mean, I've always seen him as a guard and and more of a more of a a guard in the mold of like. you know, Lauren Hardy—it's like kind of that finesse pass blocker who's gonna do really well, but isn't really that nose, to the, you know, like nose-to-nose nose run blocker kind of guy. I think that's where he's gonna struggle. So, uh, okay, best of luck to him. Yeah, Not
0: Liam
2: Eikenberg. <sighs> Liam Ikenberg. Oh, yeah. I want yeah, he is he is a tough one. Um, I was very. Garrett high on will
0: him. Garrett will openly like to slander Notre Dame players as a USC fan. So we can go ahead. Is and that let this true?
2: Roll. I don't even know. <laughs> no, guess, I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't even I forget you guys exist half the year because you're like. So, yeah, you know. right. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Liam Eichenberg. He was like my number one draft crush for the Chiefs. If you asked me a month ago who I would want 31 over everyone, I would have said Liam Eichenberg um but he's just also kind of he's just kind of that tweener role where he's he might be a guard in the future that might be where he works out best because he does have 32 and 3 8 inch arms so it's you know under the under the kind of requirement i think he's a really good player and i honestly still wouldn't hate if we took him at 31. um i think you know you can at least try him at tackle and i think he'll at least hold up pretty well just based off technique and everything like that alone um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, not as high on, on him as I, uh, as I was just really, cause again, like he's kind of a, he might be a guard and I just want, I just want a pure tackle really is, is what I'm going
1: for. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
3: I will defer to his head coach. Uh,
0: hmm. 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 Yep, that is hmm. also, That's yeah. such a cop out. Mike <laughs> <Brian laughs> Kelly. on
3: record as saying, Liam Eikenberg is not...
0: Um, Brian Kelly says things, and Brian Kelly is a crazy person. This is coming from a person who supports that university and that head coach in multiple facets, but Brian Kelly not is notorious enough. for saying stuff like
3: this yeah, around What draft. a terrible thing to say. say. He is not athletic enough to play left tackle in the NFL. <laughs> Brian Kelly has also had controversial draft takes like this before a couple years ago, years mm. ago when there were some quarterbacks coming out and there was arguments about – who is the best quarterback? Is it Mitch Trubisky? Is it Deshaun Watson? Is it Deshaun Kaiser? It's not Surely Deshaun it Kaiser. isn't just Patrick it's not Deshaun It might have been Kaiser. Deshaun
0: Kaiser, it It's not been. Deshaun. As a Notre Dame fan, it
3: was never they're, Deshaun, they're Deshaun Kaiser. Kizer. There were people who had Deshaun Kaiser. I know. I know. I saw them
0: at, the, and at that time. I said, look I thought, I'm a Notre I thought Dame the Browns fan. had like the best
2: no. draft that year. Because if they, they got Deshaun Kaiser at the end or at the beginning said, of the second, I was like, man.
3: Yes. And Brian Kelly said about his starting quarterback, "This ain't it, fam." And everyone know. was saying, "Brian Kelly, you're a jerk." Mm, no, he, he was, was yeah, right. Right now, does anybody know? Does anybody know I don't. I don't know, but you should call Cleveland. on the do you, do, you, do you? Yeah. Is there? Does anybody know the location of the Wendy's drive-through? Sean Kaiser is <laughs> currently working.
2: Yeah, Breland no. Speaks might be in there with them. Yeah,
3: uh, Breland Speaks are are. Running a pop up taco truck so Um, bad. Here's the thing since that moment, I have trusted Brian Kelly just implicitly. Um,
0: I don't, and I'm and again, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I don't implicitly (laughs) trust Brian
2: Kelly with anything.
3: If Brian Kelly says Liam Eikenberg can't play left tackle in the NFL, Liam Liam Eikenberg can't play left tackle.
2: Sorry, Liam. Uh, Enjoy your career at guard, though it'll be a great career. Yeah,
3: or, or right tackle. He,
2: I, I Brian still... Kelly. Brian Kelly can't recruit a quarterback, so I don't really have anything he to say about. Oh, I he know. got
3: one drafted, I guess. The
2: Ian Books were not be tolerated.
3: So I trust Brian Kelly and his evaluation. He actually does have some. Um, I think they've had him on in like guest spots and stuff. I want to say the Move the Sticks podcast has him on. I
0: like Brian Kelly, but he says some just outlandishly crazy.
3: So I, he also
0: does that in games too, and
3: <laughs> I, maybe it's maybe it's intrinsic motivation. Um, I just I don't see it with Liam. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I, that's not fair because I you know before digging a little bit more, I was I was kind of on board with Liam at left tackle as like a plug and play guy. I can I compared him to uh, the Colts left tackle who just retired Anthony uh, Costanzo. And- yeah, yeah. yeah, Costanzo. Um, that's who I kind of saw him as, but. Man, like I said, when your own head coach and when you're, and he has the record, he, he calls people out. He says, you know, um, if he's not athletic enough, then he's probably not athletic enough. And, and so. Yeah. Um, I I understand. I'm okay that. I just he can play. He could play right. I think best case scenario for Liam is he's a really good technical right tackle in the mold of Mitchell Schwartz.
0: I was going to say, as you pointed out, Mitchell Schwartz is not a spectacular athlete. The man was a master tactician and technician, yeah. and he was really, 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 really good until his back gave up, and then he wasn't. Yeah, Mitchell yeah. Schwartz that's would be not an his ideal fault.
2: an ideal career path for Liam. Also. Not somebody I would hate coming back if he's healthy after yeah. the offseason. Yeah, um, I think he's more likely to come but, back than Eric Fisher is. But uh, Anyway. Put
3: him in the booth. Mitch and Mitch in the booth. That's true, too.
2: Uh, like I said, um,
0: that this also makes your question, the conversation really all this whole podcast is about for this episode, for the most part, is going to be, is Lucas Niang then playing left tackle and you're drafting a right tackle? Or are you still looking for a left tackle?
3: I think that's smoke. I would call the Lucas Niang left tackle stuff a smoke. Um,
0: you don't think that that video dropped conspicuously seven days before the draft? I, well, uh, by his trainer, well, before he reports back to the team, was an, an, an on-purpose thing? Uh, oh no, not
3: know. It was all on purpose.
2: Just, yeah, it was on purpose, but I didn't like it very much. Yeah. But
3: by who? Uh, yeah. and, what,
2: and what motivation does that
3: serve? Yes. Yes is my answer to that question. Yeah. Everyone um, and no one. It makes Lucas look better. It makes the it makes it look like the Chiefs aren't going after a left tackle. It looks. I mean, it's it's kind of a win win in that in that you know proposition. They've probably told Lucas, hey, we want you to come in and compete, and you know we're gonna have the best five guys, and you know that kind of thing. But if they go Samuel Cosme or somebody at, at round one, that that's probably your left tackle. Yeah. Um, I love Lucas Niang. I, I I said last week, you know, I have very high expectations for him. I uh, – he might work out at left tackle, but I think he makes more sense at right tackle. Okay. Uh, so, it could, it could go either way. I could be All wrong. Right. So, wrong, now
0: though. we've run through about everybody that there's really to talk about at 31 as far as tackles are concerned, probably even a couple guys that most people wouldn't deem 31-able as a tackle. Yeah. yeah. What do they do – at another position if they don't go tackle at 31. Uh, well, but, I and think... I'm expecting to hear what I heard before the show, not some tamed-down version now.
2: Wow. Just taking shots at us, Tom. Yeah, He's just taking there, shots at us. Yeah, I'm, okay, so I think edge is a big priority. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I said earlier I liked Joseph Asai. I think if Jalen Phillips somehow falls there, that'd be dream situation um i know some people aren't very high on gregory russo anymore but if he fell at a 31 just go ahead and give me him who cares
0: just keep in mind with Jalen phillips the concussion issues and the medical retirement from ucla and then coming back at my like i'm not knocking the kid great for you but he's like one one more of those away from i don't know what (laughs) because concussions and head injuries are scary Mm -hmm. things man and i don't care what medicals say you play defensive end, not quarterback. Head injuries yeah. happen.
2: Yeah. No, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, like and, I got that's,
0: and, 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 I, and I hate saying that because I don't think a kid should be held knocked down a draft board because he has a possible head injury thing, but you have to consider it as an NFL team because it's a business, frankly. There's just no way around it.
2: Yeah, that's fair for sure. And then also, one more edge I'll throw in at the end. Uh, Joe Tryon has been getting a lot of hype, a little bit of hype recently of getting potential potential first round um you know i wouldn't hate it to be honest i we've talked about joe Tryon, i think a couple times on this show i wouldn't hate drafting him i guess at 31 i mean really it'd be a little high for him but it'd be whatever i mean he's still a very great prospect that would be a very solid add to the team so if if okay. i would say Tryon, russo phillips probably in that order okay um, tom
0: position not named tackle all
3: right so I do agree with Garrett. Like edge is a huge need. It's it's one that people don't talk about enough. Um, I so so there's I mean I can can run through those names. Uh, Phillips we talked about. I agree with you guys. Man, I'm excited about the idea that Gregory Rousseau's stock is falling because man, he he would be. uh, He's such an athlete, and uh, I know his testing. People are like, but I mean, whatever. Watch the tape. Um, the word I used for him was, you was like a gravitas. Like you could like you, when he was on the field, it felt like he was a vacuum and whatever was going to happen. He was just going to inhale that play. Um, I, there were flashes from him that just made me go, Whoa, this kid could be really, really good. Is he raw? Yes. Is he, has he have very limited tape? Sure. But man, some of his, his athletic stuff and and his versatility, you know, yeah, I'm in on Rousseau at 31. Um, Joe Tryon is my boy. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say I told you guys so, but I just saw that today that he's kind of moving up a little bit and I'm like, that makes sense. When you watch the tape, it makes sense. It's, it's clear that he's one of the better pass rushers and has, and his, his size profile is, is pretty perfect for Kansas city. So, um, kids don't do drugs and don't draft Jason away in the first round. I was literally
0: uh, getting ready to say, we, "There's one name um, that everybody is purposely tap dancing around in the circle."
3: Yeah. Somebody going to say
0: Jason O.A.? Because
3: yeah, Jordan Foot, if you're listening, I know you've come around. Um, I'm praying for you, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, geez, I, I went back and I've tried, and I like listen, like if if I had a college team, it would probably be Penn State. Like if I had a team that I was rooting for, um, growing up, that was my. My brothers and I have followed Penn State pretty well. Um, you know, Larry Johnson, Tom Bahali—that was like my Chiefs childhood. So Penn State was Good. a natural team that I kind of liked. I have a Larry Johnson uh, jersey. Yeah, in closet. So
0: huh, yeah, it's cursed. Every time I wear it, we lose. Mine is not touchable anymore. Mine doesn't fit me because it's like. Yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense size. that
3: would be cursed though. Uh,
0: <laughs> if you never mind, we're <laughs> not gonna that dude will find the episode on here. <laughs> we don't want no. to get into it. No, <laughs> no, nope, yeah. nope, I'm not I touching that. We'll,
3: get, we'll go viral overnight. All right. Yep. So nope.
0: I'm out on that one.
3: Athletic freak. Um, good for him. Plays like, or you know, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. And uh, man, his hands hit like soggy pancakes. He, I, I get that people talk about like the ankle flexibility and his bend, and I'm like that's great, but the dude gets turned, gets his pads turned more than anybody else I've watched and, and taped. Like, I mean, guys just have their way with him and it's, it's rough. So pass on Oa. Um, I, I said before the show, I think like the other position and I just, I have this feeling and, and I'll, I'll write this down later. Like, I think the chiefs are going to go cornerback and we're all going to go, why, why now? Like, um i think greg newsome at a northwestern makes so much sense for kansas city in terms of what they like um he, here's the reality kansas city has been doing their homework on cornerbacks pretty heavily for the last two or three years they just haven't had one fault their into their laps that they liked um greg newsome if he falls into their laps they're gonna like and they're gonna take um that would be my 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 theory or my you know, whatever. So I think cornerback is, is that dark horse pick. Um, There's some other guys I could see, you know, being there. But, yeah, I think defensive end is the second uh, biggest need. Don't take Joseph, Jason away, no Please don't take Jason Don't take him.
2: Just don't yeah. take him. We just All right. Him.
0: Well, since nobody else brought this one up, I'm going to do this one. This is the other easy one to talk about, I guess. This is this is something that I think Kansas City has in the same vein that he you just spoke about cornerback's they've done their homework on wide receiver and haven't had one land right where they want one to necessarily and shake your head and get rid of do all your crazy things about me and whatever that, that is not the guy they wanted necessarily to draft there, but they drafted that for an insurance purpose for multiple reasons. Um, And I, I think at wide receiver with this wide receiver crest, while there's a ton of value and I think they should go do it later. I think they could get itchy if they love a guy and go get take him in the first round. Yes. Uh, and and I'm talking Rashad Bateman is an option. They Terrace Marshall has been routinely mentioned to Kansas City. I know there are some people in this room that do not love them some Terrace Marshall. Um <laughs> I think you're gonna maybe see some receivers fall because there are so many wide receivers in this draft class. Again, for the second year in a row, there's so many wide receivers in this draft class. So I uh, I'm interested to see where the wide receiver class ends up, especially in the first round wide wide receiver talent, because I think you're going to see some guys fall.
3: I would be okay with uh, Rashad Bateman. took me a minute to come around on that one, but I did. Let's talk about Terrace Marshall, and let's talk about how you shouldn't take Terrace Marshall. Yeah, we should talk about that. Um, He's a big guy, but he plays small. He... I don't love his effort, and that's my biggest thing. And there, there's, uh, again, I think it was, um, it might have been Lance Zerline, it might have been uh, another podcast, but there was, you know, some kind of rumblings that people weren't thrilled with his decision to opt out right before the Alabama game. Um, they felt like he kind of quit on the team in that one, in that sense. I think you're going to have a really hard time shaking that, and that's going to be something he's going to have to answer in, in interviews with, with with NFL teams. We talked about that before the show like his his team wasn't great um and and you know there were a lot of struggles but like in the nfl you want a guy who's not going to quit when things like mental toughness you've got to have that right um you you have to have the ability to i mean yeah i mean if there's a bad season in kansas city which may may or may not happen you don't want somebody who who just gives up um and I know that's bad for the locker. And so you then you think about the other personality traits that come along with that. Uh, as far as his route running, I just, he, I'm not impressed. I, I think he, he's not yeah. sharp. I think he's got a good physical athletic profile and I think he's made it really long on, or really far on his, I, I believe he was a top recruit um, in his draft class, or in his uh, recruiting class um, or was a five-star athlete and, you know, was, the, Again, he was in a very crowded wide receiver room, but he should have been a name that we were talking about when Joe Burrow was there, right? Like talent, like the cream rises to the top. And Terrace was the third or fourth option on that team. Um, and then when he was finally tasked with being the guy, the attitude was he kind of quit on the team. So did he, was he productive? Yeah. You know, and, and, and did he put up some good numbers this year? Sure. Um. But it kind of felt like once he got those numbers and once he checked those boxes, he said deuces and was out. And there were a couple other players in the draft who who, who did the same thing. And I don't necessarily blame him from a business standpoint, but from the team culture, you you have to really um, really wrap your mind around that. So I like the I like the physical tools. Um, I don't think there's a lot of things that are like exceptional, but yeah, I'm 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 out on Terrence Marshall. I'd rather go in a different direction in 31.
2: Yeah, I'm also out on Terrace Marshall and pretty much all first-round wide receivers that are going to be at 31, to be honest. Um, Terrace Marshall, I just never really saw it with him. He just he just never... He's like a solid second, third-round talent to me. I just don't really see the first-round caliber kind of player in him. And then, you know, everyone else... Unless Rashad Bateman somehow falls to 31, which he isn't going to do, uh, he's definitely probably going to go higher than that. Um, I'm fine with not taking a wide receiver. I don't think it's... As big of a need as everyone kind of makes it out to be. I know we need a wide receiver, but this is also a very stacked wide receiver class. And I mean, you know, if you look at some of the other names that would be there, Kadarius Toney doesn't interest me at all. Elijah Moore doesn't really interest me. Rondale Moore doesn't interest me. And that's about all the first round talent you have at the end of the wide receiver. What's that, Tom?
3: Uh, Rondell Moore. I I, I said this in a message, I think, in our Twitter, that if you mock Rondell Moore to the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to take you to the chair, and you and I are going to sit down and we're going to watch every game that the Purdue Boilermakers played while Rondell Moore was on their roster. That sounds
0: like punishment, just not even based on that player, based on (laughs) Purdue that many times.
3: You and I are going to sit down and we're going to count the number of games where Rondell Moore wasn't on the field. And there's a lot of them. And we're going to watch all of those games. And then at the end of that, I'm going to make you look me in the eye and tell me that the Kansas City Chiefs should draft a guy who hasn't been productive since 2018, who's had so many weird, mysterious injury issues and then off the field drama, like in terms of the will he or won't he play, won't he play, will he play. And then he plays and then he opts out. Sure, he's he's a crazy good athlete. Um, he's also a chipmunk at like 5'7. Yeah, 5'7, bucks 60, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: He shrunk every time that kid's been measured since like high school Yeah, yeah. so
3: he's got some Benjamin Button stuff going on I, I'm all the way like Rondale Moore In the fifth round would, would make me Go eh, I don't know Yeah, I'd rather have
2: um, anyone else Maybe
3: we'll take him next round as a kick returner um, Actually he's number one on my list of Players that I don't like and again if you mock Him in the first round of Kansas I'll find you I will find you
2: Yeah that'd be a solid no for me
3: I'm so.
0: passionate about all right. So now that we've talked about all the possibilities, really, for round one, since we now basically established that
2: everybody wants a tackle in round one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, if there, if the right tackle isn't there, though, I'd be fine with taking an edge or a corner. To be, honest. I like, I, I kind of like the idea of taking a corner. To be, honest. I feel like Brett Beach is gonna. I think he's gonna draft players, or I think he's gonna draft positions in different spots than he has previously so we've seen him you know not really invest too much in corner we you know legerius need fifth round last year and uh you know Bo or fourth round and then bo Pete keys a couple of years ago or whatever uh so it's just to that me was last
0: I... year too and he traded back up to get him, to oh, get was, him that the, the, was that in the, seventh, the sixth round yeah. seventh round they seventh gave round. up a sixth i think this year sixth for the seventh last year Yeah, so i could see them
2: up. kind of going the opposite way and and taking one higher especially just because you know, Bashad Breland still isn't on the team and you know, I'd be fine with re signing him, but I also would rather just take a, a corner like Greg Newsom or maybe like an Asante Samuel or like a Eric Stokes or I don't know. There's a couple late round uh corners that could potentially be there that I'd be interested in. I don't know if Greg Newsom's gonna make it to thirty one though. I think he might go hide. Yeah, he
3: might I think Brett Veach's draft uh strategy is to take a position that's going to piss off the fan base the most. Uh <laughs> And so, um, yeah, so I think that with uh, with that cornerback makes a lot of sense because we've all been like, draft a cornerback, draft a corner. And we've finally given up the dream. We're like, all right, it's fine. We got one. We're good. Yeah, we got one. Secondary is fine. All right, now we're going to draft a cornerback. And um, yeah, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Offensive tackle is, is kind of the default, um, they really do need one. They may get creative after the draft, or they may, you know, go with a late round guy, or they might make move Lucas Niang to to left tackle. The one thing I'll say is I don't think Brett Veach is going to pigeonhole him into one specific like position in the first round or in any round. He's going to take his guys. And yeah, um, I will say just putting this out there, Elijah Moore is better than what most people like. He's getting hype and he deserves it. I yeah sorry to, to circle back to that but that's one that. Like, no i have
2: seen the elijah Moore hype growing recently i mean he's a decent uh, prospect I mean, and everything but i just i'm fine with not taking him
3: yeah i'm fine with not taking him to, i wouldn't be mad um <laughs> it's, it's weird i yeah
2: all right
0: round two since we have covered all of the round one options really yes. uh i'm gonna mention some more tackle names and then we're gonna I didn't mention Walker Little in the first round, even though I've seen him mocked in the first round. I just don't think you can draft a guy that hadn't played football in two years in round one. I just don't. I'm no. sorry. I don't I think, think you can do it. I
2: think no matter what, I think the Chiefs take a guy who's healthy over everything. Like They're <laughs> not going to they're not gonna yeah. take a guy who's not healthy or has health concerns in round one, I don't think. So Landon Dickerson, yeah. I think, might be out as well.
0: Uh, like I said, Walker Little is a name. Um, Stone Forsythe is a name. Um, you've got... Oh god, I'm blanking on a couple of the other ones that are around that second round grade on tackle, second round range. Yeah, there's um uh, there's James
2: Hudson who's Hudson from that area. Cincinnati,
0: right? Yeah isn't that the Cincinnati tackle? Yeah. yeah. Jackson Crum
3: a guard. Carmen yeah, Jackson from
0: a guard. Clemson who's not long enough to be a tackle according to everyone on Earth because his arms
2: aren't long enough. And Deontay Smith's also in that kind of third, fourth round range of let the kid from like, ECU. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: like him. There's some late late round guys that are kind of interesting. Uh, Jalen Moore, and I think if I remember right, the Chiefs went to his pro day at a Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Mi- yeah, yeah, so that was the uh, Western
0: Michigan kid, not not to be confused with the uh, Michigan kid, Jalen Mayfield, who yes. people uh, always seem was, to do that
2: pretty, with.
3: You know,
0: he's not a UDFA, but I goodness.
3: know he's he's. <laughs> I've never liked Jalen Mayfield. So um, another a name kind of late in the draft to watch.
0: I like playing uh, him twice a year. I like playing him once a year with Notre Dame and Michigan when they were playing yeah. each other. It was fine. Yeah.
3: Josh Ball out of Marshall. Big dude. 6'8", yeah. Um
0: Definitely late rounder, though. He's definitely probably, not like –
3: Probably fifth or later, but, man, i yeah. love him as a developmental guy. Um, just good tools. But I, I would keep an eye on Jalen Moore out of out of Western Michigan. Um Beyond that, it's really tough because there's some, there's a lot of like, <laughs> there's a lot of tackles this year that are like, oh, that's a guard,
2: that's a yeah, guard. Yeah, there's a lot, you lot of tweens. You're
3: like, that's a guard.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Mayfield, Leatherwood, yeah. Stone Forsythe
3: is another one that like, his stock is is warming up. Um, he's gonna have to develop. You're gonna have to spend some time that's on a him. Big
0: guy. Um, All right. Give me some – we're going to do those basically the three positions we've kind of covered today, and then next week, right before the draft starts, we'll do the other few positions that I think are really going to be talked about, and then that will be everybody's last time to talk about these guys.
1: All right. All right.
0: So now I'm going to ask for wide receivers that are late rounders or middle to late rounders, those guys farther down the – this is where I think the strength of this class is because there's yeah. a lot of names in the middle of this draft class.
2: Yeah, we probably go on for another – hour talking about all the the late the mid-round late round rc yeah
0: yeah i just want i just want your guys that you really like though because there are so many of
2: them there are a few i'll give i'll give like my three favorites i think uh i'll go I'll work on my three favorites yeah okay so i'm gonna go first off i'm gonna go josh palmer uh i think i would very be very happy picking him at the end of the third round i think he's a very solid receiver and you know i think he's just gonna pan out to be a, a good outside option for us um Second receiver, I'll put in that that range. Uh, Nico Collins. I think he might go even higher than Josh Palmer. Who knows? But he's a, a bigger guy who is definitely an outside guy. Uh, I think he's like six five or something. But I, he's pretty. I think I'm I'm pretty high on him. I like him a lot. Um, and I think he's a pretty solid, solid player to take in. I'll take him at and the end of the third, maybe fourth round. I don't know. And then last guy, I would probably put. I mean, man, there's a lot of guys. I'm just kind of looking through. The uh, the guys here. Um, I would give an honor- honorable mention to Josh and Matterbebe, uh, just because he's a very solid guy that I would love to have, but he's just he's definitely just a developmental guy. Um, but the last guy I'll throw in there, uh, Amir Smith Marcet which is probably going to be on Tom's list too. But he's just a a really really cool player, um, kind of Miko Hardman vibes, but he's a way better route runner and can do the return and can do all that, um, and he's. You know, I mean, I think he's a solid pass catcher. So uh, I don't think those would be my top three. All those guys I could take probably the third round to fifth round range. Yeah. Um,
3: uh, you you did steal Amir Smith-Marset from me, but that's okay. Um, top of my list, I, I even, like, just really high. I'm really high on a, um, on a Munro St. Brown out of USC. The number of times I've tried to say that. Um, yeah. I think he's a little bit of an untraditional um, hmm. X receiver, but I think you could play him literally everywhere. Um, I mentioned Elijah Moore, but I think he's going to end up in the first round. So we'll see. Um, I won't go into him too much. One, one guy that I think uh, in terms of size doesn't fit what the Chiefs are looking for, but like, it's just so much fun as Amar, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Um, definitely undersized at under five ten. I think he's, five, nine and change. Um, I forgot who said it, but it said, you know, he's built like a running back. He's a guy who you get the ball in his hand and you let him work. Um, Reminds me a lot of like uh, Albert Wilson, right? Like that's kind of the prototype there. And I think that's, that would be an interesting addition because the Chiefs really haven't had that guy. Who's more of a, a, you know, run after catch guy. Um, Man, the Amir Smith one. Um, There's a couple other guys. I do like Josh Palmer, who you mentioned. Uh, I thought Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville had a pretty solid senior bowl. But um, I think the other one, and I'll, I'll go back to him because I remember watching him a little bit last year, was Arkansas State, um, Jonathan Adams Jr. He was like 6'3", 210, big, big dude. And obviously he's small school and, and that kind of thing. Um, will need some time to develop athletically, I think he's going to be, be just fine, but, um, yeah, that'd be my other guy would be Jonathan Adams, just to keep an eye on. I need to go back and watch his tape a little bit more, but, um, his size profile is pretty exciting and he's had, he had some pretty like, you know, jaw dropping highlight plays in college.
0: Yep. All right. So I will list a couple of names that you guys left that I just, that are later probably round guys that aren't, that didn't get mentioned. Um, one very later round towards the very end, like 207 range, is Michael Strahan or Strahan, I believe T R A C H A N straight hand Strahan, out of, Strahan. Right. out of Charleston. Yes. He's a, he's a late round guy from a small school that I think could be an interesting prospect. Um, Garrett mentioned Josh Ramator Bebe. on Terry is another guy who I think could be fun for the Chiefs to look at as a potential potential something they don't have um, in that slot. And then I think the one that is most interesting to me just because I don't think these they don't they don't get talked about enough out of North Carolina is Dynami Brown. I just think he's an interesting piece that the Chiefs could use. So those are some different wide receivers. I do like Amon Rock quite a bit, though, because yeah, I liked his brother Aminrah. more. EQ
2: EQ is my guy, but. Yeah, big Amon Rock fan from, from USC. He's a solid player that would not hate taking it at 63. All right.
0: That leaves us with Edge. Who's your, who's your hidden Jim Edges? Who are your later mid-round, later-round guys that you like for Edge play? Because I know we've all looked at them throughout these drafts when yeah. we do our mocks and stuff.
3: I'm going first because I don't want Garrett to steal one of my guys. Uh, Janarius Robinson out of Florida State. Man, uh, you don't find a lot of good edge rushers in like rounds two and three. Uh, this class might be the exception to that, especially for Kansas City, because you have a group of guys who I think make some sense that might be there in the, in the middle or the, the later parts of the draft. Janarius Robinson, like Florida State's a mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's start mm-hmm. there. It just feels like he didn't develop, but he's a, a four-star athlete. Um, really, just I think he played better than what his stats said, and I think you you could put him in a, in a position to succeed. I I I don't understand why he didn't get talked about more in the Senior Bowl. Um, he had a really good week, and he was winning his battles. He's not he's not he's a very prototypical Spags defensive end, right? Big, thick, not very bendy has big hands, he's going to hit you like a sledgehammer and then go through you and not around you. So Janarius Robinson, probably a maybe a second rounder for Kansas City. I don't think he'll be there at the end of round three. Um, we mentioned, I'll, I'll, I'll say Peyton Turner for somebody else.
0: Um,
3: <laughs> Ronnie Perkins is another guy who I have a love-hate relationship with. Um, I love his attitude. I love his effort. He reminds me a lot of Frank Clark. I was about Texas. to say. In terms I was about to say, of I've he heard wins. a
2: lot of Frank Clark comparisons for him, so that's and, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, so he has some development. He's met, he's got some off field concerns. He really is kind of like Frank Frank Clark Jr. His off field stuff I think is more related to um, academic uh, kind of an academic scandal and not like anything uh, more serious. down that road. Yes, anything that that would be more bad PR for Kansas City. But um, I do like Ronnie Perkins. I I think he's a good fit. Um, and so that's, those are, those are two that are probably day two guys that, that you could, you could grab, um, looking at the rest of the guys on this list, it's really hard to be like, oh yeah, to get excited. There's a couple guys I know other people like more than, than what, what I do. One of the kids that I, kids, they, <laughs> they're young men, but yeah. one of the guys that I really like, uh, Teron Jackson out of, out of coastal Carolina. Probably not a good fit in terms of size and all that, but um, really productive. I think he's. I think if you're looking for a rotational guy on day three, Jackson makes some sense in terms of um, what he's going to give you in terms of leverage, in terms of locker room pre- or leverage, excuse me, in terms of effort, locker room presence, how he's going to use his his um, you know use himself to to contribute to the team on special teams as a rotational guy um getting probably a little underweight for for kansas city could bulk up but um i i really like him as a just as a person as a as a player i've watched some interviews with him and i'm like you know what I, i'd roll the dice and bring him in on day three to let him be a guy who you know can fill in can rotate in um kind of be like that mike dana role but probably a little bit more of a probably has a little bit more pass, pass rush potential than, than mike dana does so Those are my
2: three guys. Sweet. Uh, I'll take it in here. Uh, I'll try to keep it nice and quick because I know we're kind of running along. A couple couple day two, day three guys I like. I'm going to start off with Ellerson Smith, uh, another Northern Iowa guy. Um, He's just – he's got some freaky length to him. He's got a a pretty good – I don't know. I I just think he's a pretty solid player. He's going to need a lot of development. I would probably take him third round, maybe fourth round. Uh, But he's just – I think he's going to be a solid player if he's developed right. I just think he has all the tools and and he has the, he has the build for it and Spags would probably drool over having the his arm length and everything like that uh, so that's a guy I like um, Jordan Smith is a guy I'm kind of like hit or miss on he's he's like a perfect perfect fit for Spags in terms of like the measurables and everything I just don't see. The complete, like, pass rush juice that he has, like, I just, I'm not sure it's fully there. Going to UAB also, it's kind of a, going against the lesser talent that, you you know, you do. Um, but he's another guy I would take, like, a third, fourth round flyer on and just, you know, hope that between Brendan Daly and Spags, they can, uh, they can develop him into the frame. And then the last guy I'll throw on that list is uh, Dalen Hayes. He's a little bit undersized for for Spags kind of liking, but I think he's a very good pass rusher, just as a pure pass rusher um i think he's got uh, a lot of potential there and you know he he might i think he's the guy that the people who know know that he's probably going to be a a lot higher than people than a lot of people think
0: yeah i think my couple of guys would be um deo for one is a guy that i like is an interesting guy he's out of um Oh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt yep. which god they were speaking of terrible ACC for or ACC teams Vanderbilt um another ACC guy that gets some talk that I'm not would not be opposed to in a later round scenario is Joshua Kando, depending on where you can get him um I also like um Okindagi from which from Notre Dame um Addy yeah. I can't remember. Addy he goes by Addy. It's it's easier than what we because <laughs> he's got a very long, very hard to pronounce last tough name. Names
2: in the draft class,
0: and then Dalen uh, Hayes is a guy that gets no love pretty much until like the super late rounds. Um, I, I think he's another interesting piece that can be taught some things late round. That's another one of those Mike Dana type guys. So just some names that are not at the top of your draft board at those positions. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we're going to wrap it for today. Yeah. So we can do the several positions next week, so you guys have something else to listen to because we've gone on way long enough now. <laughs> I think.
3: So, yeah, we can just do a three-hour podcast. It's no big
2: deal. Yeah, uh, not sure. They'll listen. I to mean, if you me. guys want to listen to that, let yeah, us know. Guys, we can we'll put to that a together. Hour podcast. We will get a, a three-hour podcast. We'll break All, down every also, single position. We'll break down the quarterbacks for you if you want. You know, we'll do anything. Yes.
0: Also, please make sure to turn into the live mock draft this weekend on. The network. Yeah. It'll be City happening Network's Sunday. Live mock draft. Garrett really here nice. will be um, our GM for the,
2: for the Chiefs. It's going to be a spicy for the Chiefs draft. for that it's for that draft. Spicy. So. And Garrett, what's the number one rule
3: of being Chiefs GM for the uh, the first round?
2: Be aggressive. No, Tevin don't, Jenkins right. or die. No, oh, don't what? drop Jason Owen. That's the number oh, one yeah. rule. Right, right, you right, can yeah. mess everything There's else a top. couple of number
3: one rules. Don't drop Jason be fine.
0: I, I, I Seth Seth yelled at me on Twitter during the, for the Walk the Mock one that I had to I had to go get Tevin Jenkins and then I failed so I got him a stone instead I got him a stone Forsyth instead because I tried to go get Tevin Jenkins but he disappeared off the board before I could get to him so
2: that happens
0: that does happen
2: unfortunately yeah, we don't need
0: All right, <laughs> follow all of us at our social media handles. That would be Kaden sixteen for me, Garrett seven twenty for Garrett, ArrowheadTom Tom for. Tom, these are all very simple, guys. Uh, um, at Kingdom Says Pod. That's also terribly not that difficult, I don't think. Um, and be on the lookout. I think we have some new merch rolling out on yeah, the website. Yeah, we soon. do have
2: some merch coming soon.
0: And I, and you'll be seeing us in video soon because I'll have enough merch that I can just rock yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. We will be coming be nice. to
2: video very shortly here. So. Okay.
0: Like, rate, review, subscribe. We'll get to your questions if you leave them on there for us. I have checked intermittently and haven't really seen any, but we are going to do a mailbag here soon too, as well. So yeah, um, get your questions in. Get your questions ready. Get them in on the reviews if you'd like, and let us know what you guys
4: think.
2: All right. All right. I guess have we'll a good see y'all, yeah. Well, have a great weekend. We'll see y'all next week. Message and data rates may apply.